today on the news and why it matters, CNN bashes half the country, but they're totally unbiased. Don't worry. Uh, also, President Trump and Netanyahu unveil a Middle East peace plan with a two-state solution. Will it? Uh, will it be accepted? You got a lot to get into, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined once again by the one and only Glenn Beck. He needs no introduction. We all know who he is. The one and only. Isn't that sad? Colonel. That's no, it. isn't that sad? <laughs> uh, Yaku Boyens, back again, filmmaker and uh, president and founder of Share Together. Thank, Thank you for you. being Very here again. Thank you. Very to be here. And uh, we've got uh, another female, which I always love when we've got a female in the house. Aubrey Irolls, political commentator Aubrey Irolls. Thank you so much for being here. You know, we gotta every once in a while we gotta get some estrogen oh, going absolutely. in here and liven it up with these guys. You're on fire! It's a redhead. <laughs> I know. Oh, I knew what I was doing here. Okay, yeah. uh, we got a lot to get into. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Oh yeah, yeah. If you go with Black Rifle, you can get gigantic patriotic uh, <laughs> five, five pounds, pounds worth yeah. of coffee. And this isn't just any coffee. This is the calf blend, which means it's double caffeinated, which is the kind that I drink in the morning, no. which is why I'm like this all day. <laughs> um, Black Rifle is, uh, it's, it's owned by veterans. So, you know, if you love America, maybe you should check it out. And uh, they do premium small batch roast to order. So you know that you're getting the freshest coffee anytime you place your order. They've got the highest quality beans from around the world. They roast the coffee for you after you place that order. They also have Black Rifle Coffee Club, which uh, means that you can have it shipped directly to your home or office. And uh, you get a discount on top of that. And then you're not at 11 o'clock at night trying to load your coffee maker if you still have a regular coffee maker. And you go, oh, crap, we're out of coffee. And I got to go to this grocery store at 11 o'clock at night. You don't have to do that because they're already delivering it to your door. Wake up to America's Coffee. You can go to blackriflecoffee.com slash Y. You will get 20% off if you enter discount code Y. And that includes, by the way, the Black Rifle Coffee Club. So you're getting a discount when you join the club and you're getting a discount on top of that. No reason not to do it. I mean, again, if you love America, blackriflecoffee.com slash Y. Enter promo code Y for that 20% off. Uh, all right. CNN. Don Lemon specifically, uh, which I, I don't know, maybe the five people watching Don Lemon's show really got a kick out of this particular segment. Now, I will say uh, this segment that we are about to watch happened over the weekend. However, it did not really catch America's attention until President Trump tweeted it out because, again, there's five people watching Don Lemon's show. But here is and seven of them are in the control room. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them are not even paying attention to the show. That's a great point. Thank yeah. you for pointing that out. Uh, so here is Don Lemon and his guests showing exactly what they think about people in America who support President Trump. Watch. And it, obviously it's false. And look, he also knows deep in his heart that Donald Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane <laughs> next to it. He knows that this is, you know, an, an administration defined by ignorance of the world. And so that's partly joke. him playing to their base and playing to their audience. Uh, you know, the, the, the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump. Um, that, that wants to think that, that, that Donald Trump's a smart one in there. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all elitists are dumb. <laughs> you, you elitists with your geography and your maps and your spelling, even though my your math and your reading. Yeah, you're reading, you know, your geography, oh. knowing other countries. 
Sipping your latte. <laughs> All those lines on the map. <laughs> <laughs> Only the Melitas know where Ukraine is. <laughs> Sorry. I- Side-splittingly hilarious, Glenn. So funny, uh, making fun of half the country. So I started my day at uh, 8 o'clock Central doing a monologue on this. Mm-hmm. And I might have lost my stack. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But only for about 22 minutes. Um, <laughs> and what really set me off is, A, this is what people in New York, in the press, in Washington, Republicans as well, many times, this is what they really actually believe about the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. And I would... I mean, I would be, I said this morning, I have not been this close to just embracing secession. Go ahead, take the freaking yes. coasts. Take them. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to build a wall and you're yeah. not coming in. Yeah. Try to do it without us. Yeah. Try to do yeah. it without yeah. us. You couldn't. Mm-hmm. They have such disrespect for the people that work hard every day and don't, they think we're rubes because we dress differently. Mm-hmm. And we, we talk with an accent, mm-hmm. some of us. Uh, just because you have an English accent doesn't mean you're smarter. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if they know that about the queen and the royals. Um, and, and, and then on top of it, it's Don Lemon. Yeah. Don frickin' Lemon, who I don't know how many times asked me, well, but you do admit that you divided the country. I'm going to lose my stack again. <laughs> If anybody asks me this again in the mainstream media, I'm going to blow up. I, my head will explode, and they'll have Glen meat all over them. <laughs> and I look forward to it. it they, they are so self-unaware mm-hmm. yeah. that they actually can do this and still ask people like us, you're dividing America. You know, you are really causing real trouble for us. You know, you know we're, we, feel, we feel a little unsafe because of you guys and the way you feel about us. How about the way you treat us? How about the way they... I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it. I won't go I'm on. I'm liking it. I can't. I just... I like the fire. I like the passion. I'll tell you this. Look, this is a guy... Look... I told you this before. The accuser accuses you of what he's guilty of. Always. Mm -hmm. There's an idiot sitting, cannot talk about anything of any substance, and has to make jokes of a crane in a country. Mm. Completely ridiculous, right? Because they have nothing to talk about. Nothing they've done for the last decade has any substance, is built on any foundation whatsoever, and nor have they seen middle America ever, mm-hmm. right? We should strap that guy to the back of a tractor and drag him through the cornfields in Omaha, Nebraska, in Minnesota, and make him understand where the food that he eats every day mm-hmm. comes from because they can't grow anything on the East Coast. Because you're f- from <laughs> Africa, I'm going to uh, uh, just inform you kindly, the dragging behind not a good reference well, here in America. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, look, and, and what I mean by that is this. Go, go, go work with a farmer yes. that loads the flatbed, yeah. right? The disrespect, because we do. I speak at college campuses across this country, right? And they actually talk about, hey, listen, we feel disrespected. We feel overlooked. 
They call themselves the flyover states, mm. yeah, right? Because it's coast to coast. Mm -hmm. Because it is, and I, and I hear you, Glenn, and, and, and thank you yeah. for the correction. But look, I'm, I'm also just kind of tired because I appreciate this country, Sarah, Glenn. I am an immigrant. I'm a legal immigrant. And I can tell you what it looks like when it's not like this. I can tell you when it looks like when a siren goes off 5 o'clock in the afternoon and black people have to go hide in the streets because I lived it. I lived it. I lived with real segregation on the streets and I seen things. And then I, this is the kind of guy that his world falls apart when his latte is not the right temperature. Exactly right. Okay. And so, so the reference I make is, is not out of disrespect. It's just out of frustration saying there are people, black, white, Hispanic, all race, gender, culture, creed in the middle of America and Texas who, who grow food, who pray for rain, mm -hmm. who really sweat. So that guys on the coast can can operate in and, their high towers. And this isn't and this isn't just an East Coast elitism. I, I was working on a project and we had to move some gigantic rocks. I mean gigantic rocks. And we had to move them and then we had to put this 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 rubber liner down. We were redoing a pond, had to put this gigantic rubber liner down. And you know, the white guy is the guy who is in charge of the crew. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we're going to get, we need to get more men here. We're going to have to do it tomorrow. And the guy who didn't speak a word of English, didn't speak a word of English, went, no, no, no. And he tied it together in the most ingenious way ever. But he was just dismissed as he didn't have any good ideas because he didn't speak English. This this belittles people. It just belittles people and it turns them into your enemy because they think you are their enemy. Yeah. Aubrey. I actually think Trump voters should be really excited about this. I mean, I think this is exactly the type of stuff that galvanizes the base. They see the disrespect and you have the people that are kind of on the border going, ah, I don't know about Trump. Maybe he doesn't need four more years. They see stuff like this and go, nope. We're going to vote them in, if for no other reason than to piss these liberals off. And I just, I think it's a bad strategy for them going into this election year. I, I agree with that. And you are, your your background is libertarian. I'm on the libertarian side right. of things. So, Full disclosure, not a Trump voter, but I, I just but call I think things that that, like I see them. And that I think that that is very important and that lends a lot of credibility to this particular conversation. That's because why I listened to Alan Dershowitz last night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because Alan Dershowitz said, I hated Nixon, I liked Clinton, but I testified in both of those, you know, in defense of both of them, and I do it here. And I'm not a supporter. I voted for Hillary Clinton. Quote, I just love my country. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Can we finally get to some people who just, just, they don't care about what's happening right now except what's happening to us and our relationships. Mm -hmm. This was so incredibly divisive. And they do it every day, all the time, and they don't care. Is there anyone who is willing to say, look, what Donald Trump did today, is there a single person in care? Is there a single person in Congress today that will say, wow, Donald Trump proposed a two-state solution? Mm. And the way he talked about the Palestinians was eloquent, and I actually do believe he believes that. I don't, sometimes he gives speeches and I'm not sure he, when he's reading it, he really believes. I believe that's the way he feels about the Palestinians. It was remarkable what happened. Nobody in Congress, nobody on the, nobody on the left, nobody that cares about the Palestinians, they won't say anything good about it. Guaranteed. 
Uh, well, more on that two-state solution, the uh, unveiled Middle East peace plan when we come back. Did you guys see it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See it? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to go for it. They're not going to go for it. They're not going to go for it because they don't want Before we get back into the conversation, we would like to thank our new sponsor of the program, Grove Collaborative. Now, living healthy is more than just eating right. It's about ridding potentially harmful chemicals wherever you can. I, obviously, am a firm believer of this. You guys know I'm like the conservative hippie over here, okay? So you've got the soaps and the detergents you use to maybe even the cloth you use to wash your face. Healthy, plant-based, non-toxic cleaning products work, all right? And the good ones are actually more enjoyable to use, and they smell nice. But where do you start? Who do you trust? That is where Grove Collaborative comes in. Grove Collaborative is the online marketplace. It delivers all natural home, beauty, personal care products directly to you. Um, I visited the website. I'm actually super excited because I have my package sitting on my doorstep. About 10 minutes after I left to come up to the studio, I got a notification saying that my package was on my doorstep. I was like... Dang it, I wanted to open my Grove package before I got here. Um, But it's super convenient. It's got all of the top products and at an amazing, amazing price. Uh, You know, I used to have to go to Whole Foods and pay like $100,000 for my cleaning products. I don't have to do that anymore. I can get them from Grove. Uh, You can go to grove.co slash news. You will get a free five-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Meyer and Grove. Mrs. Meyer, that's a a really, really good, good brand. brand. It is grove.co slash news grove.co slash news. Go visit it if you are concerned at all about uh, your health and making sure that you keep your home non-toxic. So President Trump held a joint news conference with Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu today. They unveiled their uh, their joint two-state solution Middle East plan. And uh, Netanyahu was, of course, full of praise for President Trump. Here's a little bit of what that looked like. Today, I just want to say two words. Thank you. Thank you for everything you've done for Israel, everything you've done for Israel, for uh, uh, recognizing Jerusalem, Israel's capital, for moving your embassy there, for recognizing our sovereignty in the Golan Heights, for recognizing our rights in Judea, Samaria, the heartland of our biblical homeland, for the unprecedented security and uh, intelligence cooperation between our two countries. Now, um, President Trump later tweeted out a picture of the proposed map, and uh, there is a tunnel connecting the West Bank and Gaza. Uh, He said, my vision presents a win-win situation for both sides. Today, Israel has taken a giant step toward peace. Of course, this is what everyone keeps asking for, right? A two-state solution. Glenn, how do you think it will be uh, received by Israel, um, probably okay. I have to look at the map, but probably okay. Um, but by the Palestinians, not at all. The, the goal of the Palestinians, and I don't mean necessarily the people, right. but the Palestinian government, the Palestinian politicians, it, they have no intention of peace. They have no intention of a two-state. They are a one-state, and Israel is not a state. Um, They are as clear as the Nazis were on liquidating the Jews and and making sure that they do not have their homeland. Um, It'll be interesting to see that all the people have been clamoring for a two state solution. Well, here's a step in that direction. Where is Elon Omar today Mm -hmm. on the two state solution? Mm -hmm. Because the president, when he outlined it, when he spoke about the Palestinians and what this could mean to the Palestinians, if I were Palestinian, 
if I believed, you know, our side so indoctrinated that you don't, but if you believed our side, what he was offering was tempting, really tempting. It's worth sitting down and talk about. Yeah. But I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, Yaku, now, according to uh, this plan, the Palestinians would have to reach, reach certain benchmarks in order to achieve a state. So they would have to root out terrorism, stop what they call pay to slay, and uh, implement steps toward free speech and other political reforms. That doesn't seem like a high bar. N- it doesn't. No, it's not. A, it but will it be achieved? Like a high bar. And, and I think Glenn made a good point off, off camera as well. The, for the people, no. But for the leadership... The agenda, the, the higher brow in the Palestinian leadership team want war. They want, you know, they want conflict mm-hmm. with Israel. So I, I agree with Glenn. I don't know. I, I hope this goes over well and there's a real conversation and people sit at the table, right? Because people suffer. Mm-hmm. Just hardworking people inside Israel and in the West Both, Bank. People, yes. children suffer. Yeah. You know, this is for generations, right? So I hope they can sit down and be civil about it. But I want to reflect just on one little thing. What our president did is significant, and, and it's worth talking about again. And, and there's Benjamin, there's Bibi, Benjamin Netanyahu saying again, look, just thank you, two words, thank you. For the Israeli people, the Jewish people, and I've got strong Jewish roots in my family, right? It's very significant because it, 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 it is so huge because you were not a people. You were not a state for so long. And then go, oh, we're a people again. And now the nation, the freest nation, says we're going to recognize that we're actually going to do something about it. And now look at the response of other nations saying, well, we're going to move embassies into Jerusalem and we're going to start recognizing it as a state. So it's huge. So there's been a big victory for Israel last year. I would like to see a big victory for the region, right, Mm -hmm. for them to sit down here. And again, he's leading. You know, Glenn is saying you wanted to talk about, you know, a two state situation. Here it is. Right. Here's a real proposal on the table. It's not a gimmick. I mean, will it fly? I don't know, but at least talk Sit about it. Sit down and talk yes. about it. Sit down. Yeah. Aubrey, what's your take on the plan? I worry that Israel's tone is a little blameworthy. It's, hey, we're willing to recognize this. As long as you have to get rid of the terrorists, you have to do this, that, the other. Obviously, all good things. And no, it doesn't sound like a high bar, but just given the history of the two, it sounds a little inflammatory, so I, I do wonder how they're going to react to that. How else would you say that? Mm-hmm. I think maybe you don't bring it out in the press conference the way you just don't make it as no. Because let's be honest, a lot of Americans have no idea what's happening over there. They couldn't tell you anything about the history. And I think trotting out further bad feelings between the two that kind of makes the Americans start to but go, oh, how, well, I'm going to take their side, I'm going to take their side, and I don't know that that's necessarily helpful. But how do the Israelis respond if you offer this kind of a solution without, without in the within, press yeah. conference yeah. saying, yeah. look, Israel, you're going to give up a lot of stuff. Yeah. You don't want a two-state solution. You don't want that. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in Israel. They're living on top of each other. This is not a big space. You don't have to say no to terror. I mean, I, I, I don't know how you get either side of the table two sides with that. Just shoot it down immediately, right? Israel would never even sit at the table if you no, because they keep you know, giving yeah. land and then nothing happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, Glenn, you mentioned uh, before the break that you didn't foresee, uh, I guess, any Democrat leaders certainly in America giving kudos to President Trump for this particular peace plan. I just wanted to read uh, Chris Murphy. 
He, of course, weighed in on it. Uh, Chris Murphy from Connecticut. He said he met this morning at the White House with Jared Kushner. He said, I appreciate the meeting. I gave them my unvarnished opinion on their so-called, quote, peace plan, which in reality is a total abandonment of decades of U.S. middle policy. He said, yes, <laughs> because it doesn't work. Exactly. It doesn't work. Our State Department should they should shutter the frickin doors of the State Department. What we've done at the State Department for the last 100 years in butting into everybody's business, getting into everybody's wars and jamming our Constitution and our ideas of freedom down people's throat doesn't work. It's good that this is off the rails of the State Department. Which they used to admit before Donald Trump became president. I feel like they used to hold that position. They used to all say, oh, this doesn't work. Why are we involved are we everywhere involved? now? Right. Oh, no, we got to be involved in everywhere. Right. They, they used to agree to a lot that's happening now that they all of a sudden don't agree with. Yeah. I mean. Uh, all right. It's going to go for. Yes. It's going to go. Uh, yes. Next week. <laughs> Next week, we're doing a special next Thursday, and um, uh, it's a lot further than you think, and everything they ever said about Ronald Reagan, oh my gosh, wait until you see it. Just show me the difference. Show me the difference. They are doing everything they say they despise, and everything that all Americans have woken up to and went, we shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, back in a minute. Yeah, the cultural boundaries that they... Before we go into overtime, uh, President Trump's legal team, they uh, closed out their opening statements today. Alan Dershowitz had a really great moment during all of these uh, defense opening statements. He started to give a list of presidents who have been accused of abuse of power and therefore would be subject to impeachment under these new Democrat guidelines. Here's a little bit of that. I will now give you a list of presidents who in our history have been accused of abusing their power, who would be subject to impeachment under the House manager's view of the Constitution. George Washington, refusal to turn over documents related to the Jay Treaty. John Adams, signing and enforcing the Alien and Sedition Laws. Thomas Jefferson, purchasing Louisiana without congressional authorization. I'll go on. John Quincy Adams, Martin Van Buren, John Tyler, arbitrary, despotic, and corrupt use of the veto power. James Polk, here I quote Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln accused Polk of abusing his power of his office, contemptuously disregarding the Constitution, usurping the role of Congress, and assuming the role of dictator. He didn't seek to impeach him, he just sought to defeat him. Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln was accused of abusing his power for suspending the writ of habeas corpus during the Civil War. President Grant, Grover Cleveland, William McKinley, Theodore Roosevelt, William Taft, Woodrow Wilson, Franklin Roosevelt, Harry Truman, Jimmy Carter, Ronald Reagan. Glenn, your thoughts? I thought he was, I mean, he was on my show for about an hour, maybe a week or two ago, and we talked about his case. And I thought he was wrong at the time. Um, but he said, just listen, I've read every bit from every founder. And he said, I'm telling you, just listen to it. And I did. Last night I watched it. I think he's right. And, and his point is, we didn't want to be a parliamentary system mm -hmm. where it's just a vote of no confidence. Because that you'll just go through presidents like 
England goes through prime ministers. That's not our system. And they were very clear on that. And he explained, you know, high crimes and misdemeanors, Mm -hmm. that whole thing. You should watch that. But he said, Congress is now expanding this. We've built our our civilization on on basically the back of Blackstone's law. And in that, the idea was when you're not sure if the law covers something, then you must rule more narrowly. narrowly. Mm. You don't open it up wider Mm -hmm. because that just leads to all kinds of problems. So if you're in doubt, you narrow the, the... and the, uh, the Democrats are just expanding it yeah. and expanding it to a point to, I can guarantee you, if they would remove him from office on these charges, the Democrat, the Republicans will do exactly the same thing and we will have a parliamentary system and it will be bad. Mm, amen. Uh, coming up in overtime, the Trump administration will move forward with a rule barring green cards to immigrants who've used government benefits following a huge victory from the Supreme Court. And the coronavirus, once again. Go to blazetv.com to watch it. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. The Trump administration is moving forward with this new uh, immigrant public charge rule after a Supreme Court victory. Now, the public charge rule, which was first issued in August of 2019, takes into account a green card's applicant's history of public benefits, uh, of foreign nationals' use of food stamps, Medicaid, cash assistance, Section 8 housing, or other government-funded benefits. And all of that is considered when determining whether that individual qualifies for a green card. Um, The uh, DHS agency said self-sufficiency, Sarah, if you can talk today, and self-reliance are key American values not to be litigiously dismissed, but to be encouraged and adopted by the next generation of immigrants. We plan to fully implement this rule in 49 states and are confident we will win the case on the merits. And they did. It was a 5-4 decision that uh, lifted a lower court injunction against this administration's public charge rule. Uh, certainly a really huge victory for the Trump administration. Yaku, uh, I want to start with you because you are a legal immigrant, immigrant of this country. I once was a visa holder who had to get a green card mm-hmm. who then had to become a sworn-in U.S. citizen, right? So, so, what, I, so I what I want you to tell process, us, right? what I want you to tell us is how racist President Trump is for saying that people should have to be able to show that they can stand on their own two feet and contribute to the country before we just let them come in. What the American people don't know is actually the normal process under all the previous presidents, right, Mm -hmm. required you to be a contributing citizen to society and not a burden on the current American system or on the taxpayer, correct? So this is not even racist off the table. Let's not even talk about that. But I will tell you what it is. Having gone through it, right, legally, and it is a process, and it should be mm-hmm. a process to immigrate to this country. It sh- there should be checks and balances. And, and you should be on the edge of your seat, and you should want it and fight for it, right, and not wanting it just handed to you. But the man is showing that he wants a working system. Right. He is proactively saying, we are going to have healthy immigration. And this is very creative, by the way. This is a very creative way of saying, okay, we're going to take into account 
what you've contributed to this nation as a visa holder. Right. Right. And then if you have and you've shown that, look, I'm standing on my own two feet. I'm trying. I'm going to be a taxpayer mm-hmm. one day. I'm going to work legally. I may be a business owner. I may employ other people. He wants to reward those individuals. And again, I think it's brilliant from his administration to show, again, I don't know how the left is going to spin it, but I'm telling you as an immigrant, it wasn't there when I was immigrating. And still, I thought the system was amazing. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, You know, Aubrey, you see the Democrats fighting President Trump when it comes to funding, you know, the total funding that he wants for the border wall. So it seems like he's getting a little bit creative. You know, we just saw, what was it, last week he came out with the new rules for uh, coming over for the birth tourism to crack down on that. Now, if you're pregnant, you know, you have to show that you are coming into the country for a a good reason other than, hey, I'm pregnant, I'm seven months pregnant and I want to deliver my baby in this country so that they can become an anchor baby. And now this week they get, you know, a Supreme Court victory, um, making sure that immigrants who are going to live here legally are able to show that they can provide for themselves and they're not going to be a drain on the government. Um, What are your thoughts on how this administration has handled uh, immigration? Well, I think it's tough because I've done some volunteer work with individuals that are seeking asylum, Mm -hmm. a completely legal process. But a lot of people don't really understand it. And they say, oh, they're just coming over the border and they're taking all of our resources. And the Trump administration absolutely has shut down a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Unfairly so. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where the Democrats come from when they kind of call out the racism. But I think that's just such a it's such a basic thing. Like, be a little more cerebral than that. Let's not just call it racism. Right. But I, to me, it seems this is very similar to something like the drug war. The more illegal you make something and the more you cut down on the rules, the more people are going to say, well, we're just going to stay in the country illegally then and we're not going to follow yeah. the legal process. So while I understand what they're trying to do, I'm not certain it's going to achieve what they're aiming to achieve. So what then would you, how would you think that the Trump administration should handle, you know, when you, because they, they did shut down the asylum process because it was being abused by people who were flooding, you know, the borders and everyone's claiming asylum, even though most of them don't qualify for it because they just want to be able to get into the country. Right. And so when there's an abuse of the process, um, I mean, obviously, I, I my last name's Gonzalez. My family came from Mexico and Spain. So I certainly uh, don't think that we shouldn't be letting yeah. people into the country. Of course. Of course. But. What do you do in that situation when that process is being abused by so many people and it's putting a drain on, you know, our our court system and, you know, we can't process all of these people through the asylum process because all of the other people have made it so that it, it's it's too much. It's it's drowning us. What do, what do we do? Well, you do what Glenn said earlier. When something is out of control, you narrow it first. Mm-hmm. It's ebb and flow. You have to stem the tide and just say, okay, can we get a handle on this? Yeah. It's not, nobody in that White House is against immigration. Right. No way. Right. I mean, and as Americans, we all embrace immigration. I'm, I'm an immigrant. Thank you, United States, right? But you've got to stem the flow. You know what we do on the border. We fight child sex trafficking. Yes. yes. So how do you do that? You've got to just create order at first. Just, can, right. we just can we just narrow the focus for a minute? And that's what the man did. And yes, at times it's like, we've got to halt this program. We gotta, sure, we can debate that left and right. But, but we, we have to understand that you've got to just get a handle on it. You, you create a system that works and then open it up. And then bring in, this is creative, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like this thinking. Personally, I like where they're going, at least coming up with creative ideas, wanting to reward 
good standing folks who's already in the country and saying, hey, I want to contribute to society. Right? right. I like it. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Aubrey? It just seems to be the tendency to pass new laws whenever current laws aren't working. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the process is being abused because I don't think they're cracking down and they're enforcing the way the process should be. So to me, that's where you start. Don't start passing a bunch of laws because Mm -hmm. laws on top of laws aren't going to make them more forceful. It's not going to make things better. I think you just have to start with enforcing the way that it's supposed to be. And if that works, great. You can move on from there and decide how you deal with the fact that the system's very overrun with individuals. Mm. Yeah, it, I just, oh, it bothers me whenever I see uh, the administration uh, getting criticism for, you know, the detainment facilities and things of that nature when they only came into play because we were being flooded by, you know, it's like, okay, well, do, how, what do you, do you want us to just let them in, put them in five-star hotels? But I mean, it, realistically, what are we supposed, Sarah. well, I, I, I mean, trust me, I know that. Right. But I mean, you know, they were, well, they don't have any shampoo, they don't have any soap. Sure. I mean, that's what happens when you have an in influx of people who come and try to come into this country and we're not we're not ready for it right we're not prepared for it sometimes things like that happen i don't know that that's the administration's fault that people are trying to you know make their way into the country illegally um the average american that doesn't know the system right you you have a border patrol agent that's drinking from a fire hose yeah there's so yes. much he has to do and, and he's a human being by the mm-hmm. way he's a father and a mother mm-hmm. then it goes to health and human services mm-hmm. Nobody wants to talk about HHS. Right. Nobody. Have you, when last did you hear HHS in the news? That's a great point. Yeah. CBP gets all the heat. There's HHS in between the next phase, right? There's CBP, then they get handed over to HHS. Mm-hmm. So have that discussion for a minute, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just perspective. Yeah. Uh, speaking of immigration and uh, ICE, you know, the Democrats, they are constantly calling to abolish ICE, abolish, abolish ICE. Good friend of the program, AOC, is a big proponent of that. You know, she went on stage. She's stumping for Bernie Sanders, constantly talking about how we need to get rid of ICE. I mean, please. Why do we need people like enforcing our border laws? Come on, just let everyone in. Uh, Tom Homan, the uh, the head of ICE, had some choice words for AOC. Watch. Ridiculous. It's, it's, a, it's an extremely stupid statement made by somebody I never considered real smart anyways. But here's an elected lawmaker. I, she, she is, she's a congresswoman standing on the stage telling people how to obstruct ICE, tipping off people that yeah. ICE is looking for. And she needs to realize nine out of ten of everybody ICE arrested last year was a convicted criminal or pending criminal charges. Let me talk about a few, last year, 137,000 criminals, 2,000 were murders, 12,000 sex offenses, 45,000 assaults, 62,000 drug offenses, 10,000 weapons offenses, and she wants the community to tip these people off, the ICE is in their neighborhood operating. It's, you know, ICE's job is already extremely dangerous, now she's making it more dangerous. You know, and, she, and she's one of these Democrats who keeps saying, no one's above the law, the president is above the law, we need to impeach the president because he's not above the law, but apparently illegal aliens are above the law. Now, Aubrey, you obviously are coming from a place of compassion when it comes to immigrants. You know, you mentioned that you've done work helping asylum seekers. Is he is he wrong here? My personal feelings on ICE aside, I, I'm a frequent um, commentator on their weaknesses, not necessarily that they exist at all. I just mm-hmm. I don't think they handle things properly, mm-hmm. but I'm not an elected lawmaker. And to me, yeah. If you want that to be your stance, that's great, but don't be a lawmaker. Mm. Be an activist. Work to destroy ICE if that's what you want to do. But I'm sorry, once you're elected to that position and you're Mm -hmm. explaining to people how to break the laws, Mm -hmm. 
I don't really like that. It kind of goes to what you said earlier, just enforce the law and try to figure out how you can start enforcing the law as it's written instead of making new ones. Uh, Or in her case, repeal those laws that are bothersome to her. But she doesn't do that. She doesn't really go about things the way that maybe one should. (laughs) I mean, that's a general rule with AOC, I feel. She never really quite does that, Yaku. I think it's reckless, right? And I agree with you. Once you're in that position, fight it responsibly in the system. But going and tipping people off, you're putting them... These are Americans. Can we just for one second understand these American citizens, ICE agents, fathers, mothers. You're putting their lives in danger. I've been there when we go through doors to go rescue children, okay? Now you tip a guy off, and it is an MS-13 or whatever situation. Now you're putting an American's life in danger as a politician. It's reckless. Mm -hmm. You know, there are ways in the system to combat it as an activist, as a lawmaker... I think you, you said it very well, but, but not by saying, hey, when they come, this is what you do, and this is how you avoid them, and this is how you combat ICE. These, these are Americans. Yeah. Uh, the coronavirus. I know we talked about it yesterday. <laughs> Yaku, you were on with us yesterday where we, uh, we discussed it. Well, now the latest is that the World Health Organization has admitted it made an error last week when it classified the global risk of the new coronavirus as moderate. Uh, They actually are now stating that the risk is very high in China, high at the regional level and high at the global level. Uh, There are 81 people who have died so far. And now, again, this is all in China. Uh, I know there, you know, there, I just saw that there was a case that was reported in Germany just recently. Mm-hmm. We talked about the case in Texas. Yeah. Uh, so they're kind of popping up all over, the, all over the globe. But so far, the only people who have died have been in that concentrated area in Wuhan where uh, the original virus first came up. Um, Yaku, yesterday I said I, I feel like here in America— we don't have a reason to panic quite yet um, because of our healthcare system, because, you know, of our sanitation, because we don't have the concentrated, you know, areas that China does, uh, you know, where it's a lot easy to transmit disease, transmit germs. Um, but we discussed off air uh, before Glenn left. You know, there are other repercussions to that yeah. as well, which, you know, the steel mills in China are yeah. shutting down now. Um should we panic for that reason? Yeah, look, if it affects China, it's going to affect the world, right? For sure. There's no, because China manufactures so much of the world. And this, if the workers can't work or center steel is what you're talking about, mm-hmm. for instance, which everything is state-owned in China. But a big steel corporation supplies most of the steel and then it hurts construction and all that. From that perspective, I think we need to pay attention, right? Yeah. Really pay attention from the economic angle. From the health risk angle in the U.S., I'm really happy that so far... No news outlet has, you know, called Chicken Little and the sky is falling. And that helps because panic and pandemonium never helps. We have an amazing system to curb. And we have historically, like we said yesterday, curb these kind of things like Ebola. And we we do really well. But I do think, and Glenn said off camera, we need to all eyes on the the impact it has from a manufacturing economic footprint because the Chinese people are quarantined. They can't go to work. right? Right. Economic impact. What do you think, Aubrey? Well, I mean, at the risk of sounding crazy, I didn't bring my tinfoil hat, but just... <laughs> we could probably have one backstage. <laughs> probably one grab for you. <laughs> <laughs> but why does this always start in China? It's yeah, always right. China. And yeah. you have to wonder, you know, with the... I think they're still the most populated country on yeah. the planet. And I, I don't know. It just makes you wonder the timing with the election year mm-hmm. and... We it's were talking peculiar. about the facility where they were doing yes. the medical research. Uh, and right. now you just have to wonder whether it's accidental or not. 
Hate to say it. it no, I mean, it's hard. No, well, no. I mean, wh what reason Can't should we ever China. have to trust China, right. right, with anything they say? I mean, not to mention there was a r report that came out that we talked about yesterday that, uh, you know, supposedly some nurse is saying that there are far more people infected with this virus than China is even saying, you know. Well, she was quoting radical numbers, right? I yes. Mean, discrepancy. Like 90,000, I 90, think 90,000 versus 1,900. Right. I mean, I was telling you that that's, that's a big gap. Yeah. And so we'll see, but, but it's peculiar. It's it is. Interesting. It is. Well, yeah. and I mean, you know, it's just like, well, we heard the H1N1 when that came out. Everyone was supposed to die from it. We were all SARS, bird flu. I mean, we've seen this happen in the past. It really hasn't hit here like they say it's going to. But again, we're talking about the economic impact, which yeah. it wouldn't necessarily have to kill a bunch of Americans for us oh. to actually see an impact, a negative impact from that. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, really quickly... Just on a fun note, Hunter Biden finally has agreed to pay child support to uh, the, his stripper mother. I'm sorry, not a stripper mother. The mother of one of his children who he impregnated. She was a stripper of uh, I don't know, wherever she was stripping. And he, you know, went in Arkansas. I hear they have really good strippers in Arkansas. And um, he, you know, went into the VIP room. Whatever happens in the VIP room resulted in a baby. Surprise, nine months later. Uh, Hunter Biden, of course, was denying paternity. Paternity results came back. Oh, uh, yeah, it looks like you're the father. Uh, and he still was not agreeing to pay child support. Uh, he was about to be held in contempt of court because he wouldn't turn over financial records. He said, I haven't worked since like last year. I'm really poor, you guys. Just please like take it easy on me, which is weird because uh, I think it was just yesterday he was spotted grabbing lunch with his pregnant wife at uh, the Waldorf Astoria, getting out of his really nice Porsche. Yeah, if you're watching on Blaze TV, you can see uh, his, that that doesn't look like the car. Uh, or the lunch venue of someone who is just, you know, barely, barely making it by, can't afford to pay for, uh, for his children. Um, Aubrey, what, do, I mean, do you, how does Joe Biden get past this? You know, I, I support strippers and consensual transactions between adults, but his life is a Soap opera. I mean, this boy cannot get it together. It's a mess. And I think Joe has been wise in that he's kind of separating himself from mm -hmm. it and kind of going, hey, he's a grown adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm his daddy, but I didn't mess him up this badly. I think he's doing a good job at that. But I don't know. I just This is just another long line of things that, to me, make Joe Biden just completely unelectable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to believe every day Joe Biden gets a phone call from yep. Hunter and goes, oh, my God, son, would you please? Just, I don't want to stop. Just this stop This is like it. the Antonio Brown saga. You just know. <laughs> you just know something's happening tomorrow with, with, you know, with Hunter. I don't know that I want to give Joe Biden that easy of a pass, though, when he just goes, oh, my son. I Look. This is, this is just do the right thing teaching when you were a young man. Yeah. That obviously wasn't there. Right. And it makes me question, because now I look at Joe Biden, the do the right thing is also not in the dad. Mm. So I'm not so surprised that it's not in the son, because it's not in the father, right? Yeah. And so, and so just do the right thing is, it's your child. Yeah. And, and take I... Care of the, take care of the child and the mother of uh, it, the child. That's very true. I could, I mean... Let me just give some grace where I feel like we could give some grace. Hunter probably did have a rough time of it, right, growing up. However, it does look like uh, Joe seems to enable his, uh, you know, his transgressions, which is, I think, where the, the 
That's what I'm telling you. This is, this is what I'm saying. You can't this be an enabler. Not, no, no, look, and there are there are families that will say, "Well, no, we we brought up our two sons, and one just went off the rails." Right. Yes, absolutely. But there's just too many similarities, right? He, yeah. He's, he's walking a lot like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, congratulations to the mother of his child who's finally getting child support. Uh, go single moms. Uh, all right, what is it? For, uh, yesterday's poll, Kosh, we were talking about how we thought today was Wednesday. I just thought it again. I almost said Tuesday's poll. No, today's Tuesday. Oh, awesome. Uh, yesterday's poll, will the Senate impeachment trial end this week or will the Democrats find a way to stretch it out into next week? Uh, 56% of you said go into next week. 43, 44% said end this week. Hmm, we'll see. Today's poll, who... <laughs> So funny. Who is the worst host on CNN? Now, remember, this is a very scientific poll that we have on Twitter. Very scientific. All right. So who is the worst host on CNN? Your options are Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, Anderson Cooper or Wolf Blitzer. What do you think, Aubrey? It's tough. I mean, we know Glenn would vote for Don Lemon. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think Wolf Blitzer. I think he really? used to. Yeah, I think he used to know what was going on, but I think he's kind of gone off the deep end. I like this. Not it's a, a wild card. I wasn't expecting <laughs> no, it. I, I'm surprised she's saying this. He was like, um, man, because I'm going to say Wolf Blitzer. Oh, my God. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Tell because me. There's a little bit of history. We reached out to 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 uh -oh, that here we go. fine gentleman. You know, years back and said, hey, come on, CNN, help us fight child sex trafficking. This mm -hmm. is a bipartisan issue. And Wolf was at his at his heyday. Right. Yeah. It was it was yeah. CNN thriving through Atlanta and it was it fell flat. So I've always kind of had this like he's he's yeah. always been on the downslope since mm. then for me, you know, and, and maybe Don just because of the type of guest he's having on his show. Right. 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 So. Uh, well, if you recall, Don, uh, you know, was just thought it was so juvenile when the Trump team tweeted out that Thanos meme. He had that segment where he was just so incredulous and just like, what are we in high school? This is so immature. And then, you know, now all of a sudden he's giggling like a little schoolboy uh, over what objectively speaking, all right, was a really bad joke. Not even funny. It was not even, not even remotely funny. A really, really terrible joke. And Don Lemon's crying laughing from it, which I think explains uh, all you need to know about his intelligence level. So vote on that poll. By the way, uh, I do have another video dropping on Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered, which you can subscribe to on YouTube. Follow on Instagram, all that good stuff. But Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered got a video about Don Lemon. You're not going to want to miss it. So go vote on that poll. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough one. I'm predicting that either Don Lemon or Chris Cuomo win. We'll see uh, if I'm right, even though I just totally gave myself two options. <laughs> but go vote on the poll. It is at The Blaze on Twitter. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. Always so happy to have a female. Yes. <laughs> so rare. And I mean, we're already in the DFW area. I like right? your limiting. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.